From Bella Vista Hotel, this is Two Brownish Girls, a Western Sydney-based podcast speaking of the Pacifica Australian experience. We're your hosts, Talitha and Cripps. Just a quick disclaimer and explicit content warning. Our podcast is 100% unfiltered and from our own personal views. This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of this land in which we record this podcast, the Darug people. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, hello, hello. It is Cribs here for the 10th episode of the year. That is hectic to hear, but uh, it's just me today as a, one of the hosts. Um, Talitha's holding it down for her uni degree, so sending out some love and some like positive vibes to her if you're listening to this. Um, however, it is spooky season. Happy Halloween, hotties, as Meg would say. It feels like a very long time since our last episode. However, we are here for the third last episode of the year. And this month we are joined by an upcoming artist in the Sydney scene, fresh off performing at the Pass the Mic event by Bodega Collective at Power Lanes. She is Emerald Brunt. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Um, we're joined today here at the Bella Vista Hotel, which is now called Bella Hotel, which is cute um and it's also really hectic outside so we're um yeah we're joined uh, just me and emerald doing our little thing inside um this somewhat humid studio but anyway i'm digressing (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah we're joined today with emerald we're gonna chat a little bit about you and actually everything about you this whole (laughs) episode is dedicated to you (laughs) (laughs) um we're gonna talk about you we're gonna talk about like your upbringing, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, and kind of where you're heading and what you're up to. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned, um, you're an upcoming artist, which we're really excited to hear about. But first, we like to do a little ASL, which I call we call the Two Brownish Girls ASL, for those who know. Um, so, we do ASL, which means your age or your ancestry. Uh, S is for social media handle, so where, pe- where, pe- where people can find you, where they can stream you. And the last one is L for Indigenous land that you acknowledge, so please take it away. Um, my ancestry is Samoan, Hawaiian, Romanian, Polish. I promise I'm not one of the, like, holding on to that 3%. <laughs> I've got a different grandparent. <laughs> Each grandparent is different, <laughs> so I'm literally that much of everything. Um <laughs> You can find me on pretty much all social media as just Emerald Brunt. Cool. And the Indigenous land that I've always resided on is Gadigal. Amazing, amazing. Um, So let's get into it. Let's talk about, yeah, like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we want to talk about um, your upbringing. Because like you said, you've acknowledged Gadigal land for Mm -hmm. your entire life. Um, Can you talk a little bit about you growing up in, in Gadigal country? Yeah, so I I have lived in a lot of different suburbs, but they've all been like in that kind of close to the city mm. area. Um, I started in Maroubra, then I was in Sylvania, then Cronulla, Cogra, Kingsgrove, Arncliffe, <laughs> and by now I'm back in Maroubra. <laughs> so it's been a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and it's been a lot because like we rent. So, mm. and the other thing is like, 
so I do attribute this to my mom being Jewish, <laughs> but like she's really good at finding good deals. But then the thing about good deals is that they usually don't last. Yeah. So you do have to like up and move. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and all the spaces that you kind of moved to were mm. like predominantly not Pacifica, I yeah, would say. Especially, especially Cronulla. <laughs> yeah. Um, although there is like randomly definitely some islanders in Cronulla. You're like, eh. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Maruba is a bit more diverse than I think people would expect if they just hear the East. Mm. Um, like my primary school at Maruba, if I look back at the school pictures, it was like, a lot of indigenous people, some Africans, some Islanders, Asians, and like the random white kids. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was actually I do know like a small amount of Islanders that live in like Maroubra. Yeah. I'm like that's yeah. Fun fact, which is the fact that I've just made up from observation, <laughs> but um, Maroubra is like the only beach I ever go to where I see other Islanders surfing. Cute. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so if I need to find a surfer. Husband, I need to you go, need to, go to, to Maribra. Maribra. Beach. Yeah, okay, all right. It's Keep done. it in the culture. <laughs> okay, I'm not gatekeeping that one. <laughs> um, so, what was it like? What was it like going to school there? Um, yeah. You know, like making friends yeah. and like identity-wise. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I guess for primary schools, I did move schools depending on where we lived. I think, you know, it's funny because Cronulla, it was not, like, I think I did experience racism there, but I had a good time with the kids. It was more the parents. Um, yeah. But at I went to... Wait, should we not be saying school names? <laughs> um, I went to uh, a school in Cogra. Yeah, yeah which that's fine. I won't say. And also there's a bunch of schools in Cronulla, so we don't know which one. Yeah. Um, but I went to a school in Cogra, and there was a few islanders there. Like, it was diverse. It wasn't only... Actually, it was mainly Greek, but... Um, mm-hmm. There was like that group of Islanders and I remember I thought that was so cool and I just wanted to be accepted by them but they never saw me as like one of them and that is like the thing with being Afakasi is that you like, yeah, depending on who you're with, they'll either like be cool and like know that you are part of the culture or they'll just be like, oh, like you're not, you're just a white girl, like, you know. Mm. So Mm. I did experience that, yeah. Um, Did you find yourself having to... I would say, like, because I feel like people like that, that mm-hmm. you explained, it's, it can be about, like, proximity to, like, your, like, identifying with p- your Pacifica mm-hmm. side. Because I feel like people would, would see me as, like, not being Pacific Islander because I didn't acknowledge it or mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, visually show that I was Pacific Islander, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. So did you find yourself, like, trying to fit in more by trying to prove you are more Pacific Islander or is it kind of like it is what it is? I think I just took it in and like Mm. made it like one of my own beliefs because I think I moved from Cronulla to there. So they all first of all saw me as like a Cronulla girl and I'm also like in the most not pick me girl way. I'm like kind of weird. Like I'm just a little bit quirky. I know that. (laughs) Not in the not pick me way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because oh my god when pick me girl happened i was like oh my god true so annoying and i was like wait i could totally be construed as that <laughs> um, but yeah so i think like because i was like that little bit like oh my god i'm like a quirky weird girl they were just like oh you're weird you're like not cool because mm-hmm. like i feel like the whole thing 
in that time was like if you're Islander, then you related the most to like black culture so like they're all into Nicki Minaj and like mm. which I who I like love now but like I feel like I was more like oh I listen to Paramore and like <laughs> I just wasn't fitting into their aesthetics so yes. <laughs> yeah and then also like I I don't know people can tell I'm Islander but I don't look full so they could just tell mm. and I think they just picked on that yeah, yeah. Which is fucked, by the way, just saying, <laughs> if you're one <laughs> of them. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you went to, like, you know, primary schools mm. and it was, it yeah. was iffy. <laughs> it was, mm. um, what was high school like? Gosh, it was so different because I went from literally being treated like a white girl to going to, like, the whitest school possible. Mm. It was, like, a really well-known performing arts high school. <laughs> uh, not saying any names, but... um. Yeah, there was, like, I remember by the time I got to year 12, I, like, literally counted and did the percentages of the ethnic people at my school. And it was literally, like, 5%. Uh, and we, 5%. Ha- we were, like, a big year group. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was weird. Like, I feel like something interesting that happened to me there was I went there and I feel like I fit the, like, stereotype of that area where I was, like, oh, I'm, like, indie and, like, edgy and weird. Yes. But a little ways into it, I just... It was so white. And also they didn't accept me as indie because they just looked at me and were like, oh, you must like hip hop or something. Oh my God. And I feel like the whiteness of that school. And also, as you know, like white kids generally like to love to try and pretend to be oppressed. Yeah. Or like be really into hip hop and like think they're literally black and can say the N word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that whiteness just... I, I needed something. So I actually became like a hip hop R&B girl because I was like, I, I just can't Ugh. handle this. I was like, I need some, I need something. So I did find like a lot of comfort from, and also because I wasn't that attuned to my, like I wasn't in any Pacific uh, communities. So I went to black culture. So yeah, hence now yeah. I'm an R&B girl. <laughs> it's such an identity crisis, I feel. Yeah. Like when you don't feel like islander within your family because of you know certain reasons or whatever mm. like there's so many nuances with that but just like and then when you go to school and they tell you like they you know not literally but they mm. tell you that you're not you're not you're not white yeah it's kind of like huh. well, where do i fit in <laughs> and then you start to think okay well if i'm not seeing my own heritage mm. being represented like i feel i, I kind of went like through a similar thing but like you kind of just naturally gravitate towards black culture because it was so prominent like it's it's closer to you you feel like like i feel like okay i'm obviously not white i obviously don't fit in with these people here's some people with darker skin and i know i'm not the darkest but it's still closer to me than like yeah whiteness yeah and and let's just say like as well we're disclaiming that we're not like claiming black culture at all it's just like proximity we were just like okay where do we where do we find like a sense of self (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i think like it is really common like i said even the primary school girls for islanders to gravitate towards black culture Mm. because we're like within the world there's not a whole lot of us all we had was dwayne johnson facts and he's (laughs) half black anyways so (laughs) but um yeah i think it's just natural because we feel like we know we're not the majority we're kind mm. of like where do we fit in we see other people that looks more similar to us yeah. and we just go Literally for it yeah five percent um 
were there any other instances of oh like my god i have so many stories <laughs> okay well first of all that stupid school did south pacific the play when i was in year 12 okay which was so offensive and i remember i was sitting in a room and they were like oh um this play is really about racism and i was like oh cool so i looked it up and because i wanted to go for this character oh my god called bloody mary because i was like oh she's an islander character and i was like oh sure i'll do that but then i looked it up i saw like a youtube clip of like the actor in it singing a song i was like so appalled oh i was like have you seen it no it's just I'm like i looked it up on wikipedia as well before this because like i need to find out like as much as i can actually say and even Wikipedia says it's about racism. But the thing is, it was written in like the 40s or the 50s by these two white guys who said it's about racism. And so it's I'm called like, South Pacific. Yeah. And I, I get that the storyline is like, oh, it's like these white sailors on this, you know, fictional but based on reality South Pacific Island. And it's so about racism because it's exploring that he doesn't want to have mixed children or like he doesn't want to marry a Polynesian. I'm like, okay, but like it, it's not the 40s anymore yeah and it felt weird yeah that sounds so fucked up it was <laughs> fucked up and like the fact so as soon as i like figured it out i felt awkward and then they did the casting and they cast me as native girl number one uh, and i was like oh hell no <laughs> i was like i felt so disrespected i was like i can't disrespect my own people i literally had to drop i dropped out um and the girl they ended up casting as that by the way so stereotypical like angry like big islander woman that like is like mean to the sailors anyways she they cast a white girl in that role and they spray tanned her shut up so that's what i was telling you about before no. yeah and the worst the school was just so wild like this white girl came up to me and was like oh i'm just wanted to tell you they like spray painting that girl for the for the part and i was like oh, really and she was like yeah i don't disagree with it though i just wanted to tell you and i was uh, like not disagree i know i was like okay so you're like dobbing on her to me but you're yeah. like agreeing with her. it was just it was just weird it sounded like she was wanting you to do the work like, yeah oh, i think she just like wanted to tell me to upset i don't know it was just so yeah, weird yeah that just sounded like it as but well i just remember feeling so shit like to see all these girls dressing up in like tradition not traditional like what they thought was traditional attire yeah. and like the boys are wearing shell necklaces which like hang up around my house i was like this feels so disrespectful and then um they this also pissed me off they cancelled mexican day props because of cultural appropriation Facts. but they replaced it with south pacific day oh. <laughs> and they themed our swimming <laughs> carnival that <laughs> yeah. and i was like what the They're hell like, like, let us double down yeah i was like for at least at least stick to one thing and so I went to some kind of, I was like, hell no, I'm not dressing up. And there was this whole thing at my school where like all these white surfer boys used to make fun of me for surfing. They were like, oh, you just want our attention. And I was uh, like, you're not telling that to Hawaiian, please tell me. Gaze. Yeah, I was like, uh, colonization wasn't enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I So I was like, if anything, I'm bringing a surfboard saying that's my costume because I feel like they all believed surfing came from LA when it comes from the islands. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, if anyone asked me, I'll just say this is my costume because this is the real culture. Oh but um, so I went with my surfboard, not dressed up. And people came up to me and were like, oh, why aren't you dressed up? I was like, uh, I woke up as an islander. I don't need to dress up as well. <laughs> as you should. Yeah. And people were, I was so put off. Like, I think someone like literally just walked away after. I was like, God. 
Yeah, oh anyways, so yeah, that's been boiling in me for some time. <laughs> okay, a million dollar question. How long ago was this? Oh, that was in 2017. Not long ago. No. Not long ago. Okay, so... Um. So basically, if you want to go to that one performing arts school that you think is like your dream school and you're not white, think again. Yeah. Think again. Mm. I feel like everyone knows which school this is. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to write some emails to this school... Um, you do that as you as you wish. Um, yeah, because I don't mm. want to hear them having another South Pacific day. Oh, God. Actually, I remember again. I met this girl from the year below or two years below after school. And she told me they actually, like, discussed or, like, not fought, but, like, they pushed for the school to have multicultural day instead. So they did that. And, like, some of the girls, because I know there was some younger Islander girls, me, and they did, like, Tongan dances, which is cool that they got that. But that definitely wasn't my year. My year was the year of, oh, my God, everyone, you're so ghetto. Oh, <laughs> so, my God, yeah. you're so ghetto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 when you start, yeah. <clears throat> Just another day. Mm, just another day in the <laughs> life. God, you know, at my graduation, everyone was so upset and crying and I was literally so happy. Literally. Yeah, I was like, my parents were there and I was like, all right, let's go. And they're like, don't you want to say bye? I was like, hell no. I'm like, no. Um, She's like, they're like, everyone's crying. I was like, yeah, to the they racism. can cry. They can cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no words. <laughs> That's so cooked. Um, adding on to like the lived experiences mm. that you had, like work going to school in those areas um what was it like in terms of like finding community Mm. in in those spaces um outside of school as well outside of school yeah okay sorry to do this but before we move on I have one more story from that (laughs) school I need to say it and I feel like it's there's an interesting point to it as well um so I, I went to the beach with like a bunch of girls and then the next day at school, this like really blonde, blue-eyed one came up to me and was like, oh my God, Emerald, you're so... And she said the N-word. I'm <laughs> closing my eyes and I'm <laughs> hanging my head in shame. I, I like... And I told her, I was like, you can't say that. She's like, why? I was like, because you're white. And then we like awkwardly walked off in the same direction. But um, that girl, when I did my, you know, annual stalk of everyone, had Black Lives Matter in her bio for so long. No. I was like... I know you're just doing that to like seem cool. I know she you didn't a, change that a much. Black square as well, probably. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I just wanted to say that so that if she stalks me, I ain't forget. <laughs> I ain't forget that. <laughs> I know you're still racist. Brilliant. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So talking about like um, finding community. Yes. Outside of school or just in your upbringing, what was that like? For yeah, you? I think um, you know the way to say Samoa is Samoa, not mm. Samoa. Mm. And I never knew that because he wouldn't say it like that in front of us, but then in front of family, he would say it properly. And I, I remember getting angry at him. And I was like, oh, like you made me, like my cousins think I'm like dumb now. Like, why didn't you say it like that? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he did get us to do Samoan language lessons, but it was because the guy wanted piano lessons and my mom's a piano teacher. So we like did an exchange. Okay. Um. So I guess when I was younger... My big. Also, I didn't grow up with my cousins on that side. Yeah. I grew up with my cousins on my mom's side because her parents came to Australia, so the, all her brothers and sisters are here. Mm. Um, but on my dad's side, they're all still in New Zealand or Samoa or yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Um, 
So for me, it was always like a faraway thing that I like always wanted to know more about. Um, and in high school, yeah, I didn't really have community. I just had like randomly my friend group was like all the ethnic girls in our whole year. <laughs> you just have to. Yeah, but they were like um, living in the inner city. So I d in no disrespect to their heritage, but they were so whitewashed <laughs> and like trying to fit in. And I feel like I was always anti white people like I remember one time one of my friends in that group was like half Japanese and half white and I was, I was like oh she'll think this is funny and I told her oh don't you reckon all white people look the same and she got offended for the white people uh, and so it was like that kind of vibe okay. um so in high school I think I tried to find com like connection to just any sort of ethnicity through those girls but I didn't yeah. really get it and then outside of high school it really took till like last year honestly because I went to a few classes at Madavai, which was amazing, but it's really far from me, so I haven't been able to keep it up. Yeah. Um, I started the UCID Pacifica Society, which has been the biggest thing for me, I think. Wait, you started it? Yeah. That's you? Yeah. Cute. Um, I ended up having to drop down as president because of okay, my mental okay, health. Okay. <laughs> but, hey, um, mental health first. Yeah. And also, it did exist before us, but they had like died out, so I had to start it again. Yes. Um, yes. That, that was the biggest thing for me because I felt like, oh, my God, I've gotten all these Pacific Islanders together. They actually take me seriously. And it's like a community. It was really amazing. Yeah. And like I didn't even go to uni anymore. I'm going to go back, but maybe not next year and not if I keep doing music. <laughs> but um, in your own time. Yeah. I'm just it's, a, it's an option. But yeah. I still go to like the events because it's been such a huge thing for me. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. We're going to get to the the good stuff in a minute. <laughs> For now, we're going to revel in the pain. We're going to keep going in the pain. <laughs> no, we're going to fight through. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna crawl through. No, we're going we're gonna to sprint through the bad shit because I feel like it's, it's relevant to mm. where you are now. Yeah. I feel like even just hearing your story, even in that like paragraph of what you just said, yeah. I already feel like I'm really proud of like where Aww. you've come. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go back to the stuff with your dad. Mm. And, you know, you were saying that you weren't really kind of connecting with your dad's side, yeah. which happens to be the Pacifica side. Yeah. Um, wh how do you feel like that kind of contributed to you finding your people as of like last yeah. year I guess like even though I feel like he didn't really try to get us to connect like my mom tried more than him like she would be like oh we should take them to cultural dance classes and he was always really anti that and I guess I should say I do have empathy for my dad I think him so his parents left Samoa for New Zealand because their families didn't want them to get married so they like ran away to get married in New Zealand. What your your my mom. dad's side. Oh, your dad's yeah. side. Didn't want him to get married. They okay, sorry. <laughs> um my dad's parents, they're in Samoa. Yeah. They their families didn't like each other. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry. So they like ran away to New Zealand to get married. Okay. So I don't know, I think my dad maybe had a like, skewed time with like his heritage as well. And I know he had a rough childhood. Like, I think we were talking about how we're going to get into, like, having, you know, not, you know, toxic parents. And I 
I didn't want to be so harsh on my dad on like a public platform because I remember I used to be like empathetic towards him. I was like, I know he had a rough childhood. So I guess I used to feel like I was even like proud of him for at least only yelling at me and not anything more. Um. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot of layers to that too. Yeah. Like, um, that, was, that was my thing when I was younger. I feel like after my psychosis, I just kind of dropped it all together because I was like, I think one of the reasons why it even happened was because I was just under so much stress. So I lost that empathy. But back to what you actually asked me. <laughs> um, I think I was just trying to explain that. Um, I don't know. I think his mom, my grandma, always told him like not to marry island girl and stuff. So maybe he felt like he was doing the right thing by, you know, not having us connect but yeah i mean he's probably not wanting you i mean this is we're not explaining anything that you're any decisions that your dad yeah. made but perhaps like that could have been part of his reasons as to why he wanted you guys to assimilate a lot yeah. easier into yeah i mean so it's it's really hard like it's really hard just to like process in life let alone sure. to talk about but like i guess even though i felt like i was a bit maybe ignored as an islander i just Mm. always knew that i was and then especially maybe this added to it going to like that super white high school and everyone treating me like that's all i am i just like held on to it and i was like well i'm not gonna give up i'm just gonna keep keep pushing until i get acknowledged and then yeah i found that with the society yeah yeah and then meeting a lot of people through madavai and like mary jane who runs madavai is so great like i remember she told me oh you're not like 50% 50% you're 100% everything and yeah. I was like it's so nice we don't do percentages here yeah. like you are what you are yeah. whether you're a small part or a big part it's just you are yeah um can you talk a little bit about your like as much as you feel like sharing mm-hmm. because at the end of the day Emerald is not here to unpack all her trauma yeah. We, oh, we thanks for the therapy session. Ah! <laughs> and I mean that in the way that, like, I don't want you to, like, feel like you have to unload yeah. everything here. I mean, you're welcome to. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I feel like it's important for, you know, for you to, like, highlight mm. the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, but would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about, like, you, you know, you were talking about psychosis. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um yeah, it was really weird how it happened, but I think just like a major people say like oh there's no cause, it's just something wrong with your brain, but I don't really believe that. I think that a lot of factors can add up and cause you to just go into like overload. So for me, um you know, at home I was like I had my mom who's nice, which is great, but even like though me and my mom are close now, it's a lot to process that you know, even though you were, like, the good parent where you weren't, you know, making everyone scared all the time, you still stayed with him and didn't do anything about it. Um, so at home I had that. At school I had racism and bullying and I feel like I just had nowhere. Like, I remember my biggest peaceful moment would be on the train going to school listening to music and that was, like, wow. my only time. Yes. Yeah. Very that. And... um. I really deteriorated the year after high school and I think it was just, I had a lot of health problems. Like I had chronic fatigue in year 12. So I really just pushed and pushed to get a good ATAR. And after that, I was so exhausted. I was so done. But my parents made me go to uni anyways. Mm -hmm. 
and like didn't let me take a gap year. So I feel like it was just all too much and I couldn't do it. And I was doing it, but I couldn't. So it just yeah. led to me losing it, which I did. Yeah. How did you navigate that? Um, while I was in psychosis, it was like nothing's wrong. You feel like you're on top of the world. You're like on an adventure. You know everything. So I was just running around doing like crazy things. In the end, it stopped because someone actually called the police on me. Um, I guess I won't get into it, but like I didn't think I was doing a bad thing. I, in the most convoluted way possible, thought I was doing a good thing, but I threatened someone. So they called the police on me. I ended up getting arrested, but the police could see I was not mentally stable. So they took me to hospital. Um, and that's where I took medication and like it stopped. But I think the hardest part has been the aftermath because like, like I said, while you're in it, it's like nothing matters. Yeah. But once you come back to reality, you're just like, what the hell happened? Feeling all the feels. Yeah. And everything. then my thing was, it was so public. Like, I guess I like made all these Instagram accounts and kept harassing people from high school. Like I, it's it's like it's not good but it's a little bit funny sometimes because like I like went on this boy's Instagram that used to bully me and was like oh white boys can't surf this is cultural appropriation and like things like that but so now I think it's like kind of funny but like um it was just hard because I felt like everyone knew and like I didn't think like oh my god everyone cares but like they all knew so it was really like every day for a long time I would just wake up and be like oh my god so embarrassed oh uh, like in the aftermath yeah yeah fuck. and then like the other thing is when you go on medication it's good and it stops it but you're not yourself like it throws you out in different ways like i remember so one of the things about well they're like sedation meds because it's for psychosis yeah. so like it makes you numb emotionally i did not cry for a whole year which is a big deal for me i usually cry yeah. at like random ads that are a little bit sad yeah yeah um yeah, so, yeah, if anyone, like, has gone through this, yeah, just, I just want to say, like, it's it's hard and I know because, like, especially I would look up, like, oh, experiences with psychosis and I didn't find anything. Mm. And all I found was, like, oh, my God, people living with schizophrenia and it's, like, them taking the tablets and it's, like, cool, but, like, no one talks about how, like, it's you're still a person I feel like I went to old friends afterwards to try and like get support and they just I just feel like they didn't even see me as a person anymore they just saw me as like okay you're like weird and you've done all these bad things and I was like guys like I'm literally still me yeah that's hectic and then like like you said without there being any research I've never heard of that before really yeah Yeah. I've never heard of I mean I've heard of like being in a state of psychosis but like other than like it being like a dot point in like a yeah. Some online article or something. I've never really like heard into it. So I think I'm. Um, I think it's really brave of you to like share such a vulnerable part of your yeah. life. Um, and where do you feel you are now? Like, um, in you say good, you're looking back. Yeah, and I'm. I'm still in recovery, but I think I'm in a good stage of recovery because, like I said at first, it was just embarrassment, and then it was like, okay, I literally don't feel anything because of the meds, and then now I feel like, okay, I'm actually beginning to feel more like myself. I can, like, joke and laugh and you, like, lose aspects of yourself in recovery, I feel like, because of the meds. Like, I I didn't even hardly remember what my, like, values were in life. So it's really nice now to be like, okay, I 
yeah just like little things like that like oh yeah I think this is right I think this is wrong because for a while there I feel like I literally just dropped what I thought was right and just was like okay that obviously didn't work for me before so now I just want to be accepted Mm. so I'm getting back to myself that's good that's good well we're all proud of her aren't we yes we are (laughs) (laughs) um let's get to the good stuff now yay I want to hear all the good stuff because uh, you know I've only I only met Emerald this year and which feels like really weird to say and not in the sense that like I only just met you this year it's like it feels like longer to me and it was only like July yeah that's hectic anyway um I met Emerald this year at the Australian Museum. They had like a a Telenor for a Pacifica gallery that they put that they're establishing, I guess. And so they had like uh, an like an opportunity, like a call out um, to creatives and like elders in the Pacifica community, like just people that wanted to come and contribute to the you know like the journey of you know, putting the gallery together. And that's kind of where we connected. Um, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just thought it's really cool that I got yeah, to meet you there. That's one of the really cool things that has happened like, yeah. with community and everything. Absolutely. And just seeing, um, you know, since during the podcast, like how many years ago, um, and seeing a lot of our faces in these spaces uh, was really beautiful. And I'm glad that you, like, were a part of it. No, Again, knowing where you have been in terms of like not connecting um i think it's really cool that you're there um so yes good stuff i want to talk about music and where music came into your life you know whether it's through childhood or like shit like that like yeah where did it make an appearance well yeah since i was like born pretty much because my dad is a museum museum <laughs> 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 like, a museum i mean i guess if you call like any random someone uncle with knowledge yeah. a museum. they are a museum yeah <laughs> um but um he's a musician and he used to run a studio before i was born so he's into music my mom's a music teacher so i've just always been around music In the blood yeah um wow. i guess when i was little i remember being so confident but i like lost it along the way somewhere um in regards to my dad I think he got a little bit worse as we got older so for my teenage years I would go to the piano room which was like a sunroom connected to my parents bedroom and sing and I never really got to unless no one was home because um he would come in and like scream at me that I sound terrible and to like shut up oh my god so Actually, one of the things I did want to say is that, like, the only reason I feel like I can get into music now is because my parents have recently split up and he's moved out. Mm. And literally my, like, music journey started then. Wow. Because before that, I couldn't couldn't really sing at home. I had to, like, you know, wait till there were all the shops or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and when I was 18 and graduated high school, I told my parents, like, I want to try and do music. Like, even if I do it for a few years and I go to uni like I want to at least say that I tried um and my dad was just so angry and was like you can't do it like you're gonna fail you know things like that so yeah kind of like it's taken a lot of time a lot of trauma my mom you know processing and getting the strength to separate for me to be like okay now I have a calm home environment now I can 
pursue music yeah. without someone in my ear that I would suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't we already do that enough to ourselves? Like, yeah, gosh, <laughs> we don't need someone external telling us that. Yeah. Um. So there's music in your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. And I did love the thing about my high school was that even though I like didn't didn't really get along with everyone they had music rooms like practice rooms with pianos in each one so i would just go in year 12 i would just go to a practice room play piano and sing so that was really nice and what instruments do you play i play piano guitar and ukulele i think you're you're actually supposed to say ukulele but um that's my that's myself saying (laughs) (laughs) um and then i like my mom plays flute so i remember i tried to learn but i'm i can't really play flute (laughs) Uh, I think three is enough. True. <laughs> and I sing, of course, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's three more than me. Um, that's cool. And, and, and I th- like, I think it's really special and really, um, like, really big of you to break out into, like, the music scene. Like, knowing what, knowing the environment that you had. Yeah. I mean, it's been like, I don't know how relevant this is, but it's been a weird process to even realise that like, that's not a normal upbringing. Mm. Like the weirdest thing about having like trauma or like, you know, I guess like verbal or emotional abuse is that you literally think it's normal. And then the weird, the weirdest process is being like, wait, hold on a second. No, honestly, it's, you're like, huh. So that, 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 that doesn't happen for everyone. <laughs> that is, yeah, no. It's I've like, oh, maybe that's why those people are so happy and confident. <laughs> their parents tell them they're great. I feel that. I feel that. And, um, okay, so we've been talking about music. We've been talking about your fam, like, you know, yeah. history of music in your family yeah. and how prevalent it's been and how accepting or not accepting it's been. Yeah. Um, What's it been like for you finding community in this space? In yeah. Music? Oh, my God. It's been way better than I thought. I feel like because I had that negativity. And then also at my high school, it was a performing arts. But I feel like I never really got acknowledged as, like, one mm. of the music people. Everyone was just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, if you were, like, singing some more classical style, you'd be, like, thought of as good. So I didn't expect much from myself. But it's been amazing coming into this scene. Like, I remember... And I was in a relapse when this all happened. So maybe that's where the confidence came from. But <laughs> I would just like go up to people after gigs and be like, oh, hey, can I sh- like show you my song? And I love that. They would be like, oh, my God, amazing. Like, yeah, like hit me up, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the people I did that to was Kobe D. Yes. Who is so nice. Yes. He is so cool. I showed him the song and he was like, oh, that's actually so good. And I was like, oh, yeah, can I like be a part of. Oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't say this, but he's he's going to get me to do something really cool. Which That's is, cool. Yeah. I was like, I don't think he would care, but I was just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't like go announce him. <laughs> it's, it's like just a thing, but yeah, gosh, wow. You'll, you'll hear it in a minute. Over words. You'll hear it in you'll you'll, hear you'll, it when you'll it hear happens. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool performance. Um, And like I showed Barker and she got me to come to the studio literally the next day. So it's been it's been really cool and it's given me a lot of confidence. Yeah, and look at you going out there and you'll be like, hello. I'll be like, hey. Emerald. That's the really cool thing. I feel like the, now there's like a bigger Sydney music scene and it means that you can just go up to people because they're there. Mm. Like, wh- I feel like when it's not as much of a scene, like say it's just like Hilltop Woods and stuff like that, it's like so unreachable. But when it's like yeah. community things where like they're having these 
festivals out in Western Sydney and stuff, everyone's just there. There's like, a lot of yeah. non-white people yeah. like really doing yeah. work out so here. Cool. Um, so cool. Yeah, I, I even see like um, Solly. Do you know Solly? No. He's a producer. Oh, and, right. Yeah. Um, hectic. Like absolute hectic. He like ride or dies and all of those like thing, those terms like for Sydney music. Mm. Um, he did an event recently called Hotter Out West. Oh, I think I heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Like it was like a bunch of DJs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he's just one of those that I see, like, he's just going and getting it. Mm. Whatever he wants, he gets it. And the confidence. So I, I feel like you're on the same, like, project career projection. Yeah. Upwards projection. It's really exciting. <laughs> um, that's really beautiful, though, that you've been able to find community and find um, – like the confidence and the reassurance. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I kind of expected people to be like, oh, cool, like keep going, not like, oh, come to this thing. And I was like, wow. And it is cool that it's like, you know, Indigenous Islanders, like all these ethnicities, Absolutely. like kind of leading the pack. Yeah. Yeah. It's only upwards from here, I, I feel. Yeah. I feel. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. When we come back, um, something special is going to happen. <laughs> You're back with Cribs from Two Branish Girls. We are joined here with Emerald, as we were in the last bit. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but we've got a little special surprise for you. Emerald, can you please take it away? Um, we're going to play my song, which will be coming out 10th of December. Uh, it's called Keep It Real. I wrote it after hearing a lot of the current Sydney artists like singing and rapping in their Australian accents. And I was like, damn, that sounds good. Maybe ah. I can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it comes from like, yeah, just it's like the first song I wrote where I thought, OK, maybe I can actually pursue music in Sydney and not feel like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but yeah, we'll, we'll get Do we ever? It. So this is Keep It Real by Emerald Bunt. Expecting nothing, cause I learned by now expecting Leads me to second guessing If things don't go how I reckon You find me on the bathroom floor Cause I can't take no more mm. uh, I'm from around the way, just another girl with a lot to say You'll find me in the backseat of a black jeep Windows down by some Janae, Tryna fly away from the drama of the streets to a brighter day If you know me, you know what I'm about to say Don't let that shit get in your way Cause we don't have mom and dad to pay For our inner west share house and uni days To struggle to survive and be more than just alive When your paychecks go to the family safe, ayy Cause they need it I don't want little bro to get anemic And the days just keep on repeating And my heart just keeps on beating I think that I think too much They say I've been through enough I don't really give a fuck Won't catch me expecting nothing Cause I learned by now expecting Leads me to second guessing If things don't go how I reckon You find me on the bathroom floor Cause I can't take no Don't quit 
deep breath, we rise at dawn I'm not a cadet, but all of my fears, I put this on Shout out to my haters, sorry but I had to prove you wrong Prove you wrong, yeah I think that I think too much They say I've been through enough I don't really give a fuck Won't catch me expecting nothing Cause I learned by now expecting Leads me to second guessing If things don't go how I reckon you find me on the bathroom floor Cause I can't take no I loved that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was so good. I oh really enjoyed that. I get so nervous every time I hear myself rapping because <laughs> I've never really rapped before. No, it sounded so um, natural. Oh my gosh, I'm happy. Thank you. Like, it sounded like you've been doing this like, wow. for a oh minute. My God. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, um, I wrote that when I really was feeling like life is so shit and unfair. You can probably hear that. Um, and I am in a better place now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny to listen back. I think I've learned that in my songwriting now because the latest songs I've written, I've realised, I don't know if I always want to be singing like as if my life sucks. So, I, yeah, it was really honest. Um, but now I realise maybe I can be a bit more like relaxed in honesty. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying things now. Just <laughs> go through what you feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was Keep It Real by Emerald Brunt. Um, are you going, is your stage, stage name like full um, name or is yeah, it just Yeah, full Emerald? name. Because like if you look up Emerald, you're just going to get, dime, um, you know, <laughs> gemstones. So. Uh, okay, cool. Well, um, that was an exclusive listen of Emerald's first song. Yes. Yeah, first official song being released. So it's, you'll hear it um, on the 10th of December. Um, but also, yeah, you got to listen to it now. So I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, thank, okay. thank you. That's a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, Emerald, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Despite like us, like the traffic, the outside, the studio is very hectic today. It's very intense for the a Sunday. The kids staring at us. The kids <laughs> staring at us. Like the no AC in here. It was a moment, but we got here and we're like, yeah. Um, thankful for the country that we are residing on today. And yeah. Um, We've only got two more episodes to go. That feels so weird to say. But we've got two more and then we're season five is done. Um, we hope you are keeping well and like a, rem- a reminder to start buying Christmas presents if, you, um, if you're about that life. If you're not like me, that's fine. Um, but I'm going to stop talking. I hope um, you guys keep well until the next episode and we'll catch you for November. Thank you, Emerald. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Brownish Girls. Two Brownish Girls is made by me, Talitha Twentapur, and Cribs. New episodes are posted on the 15th of every month with some bonus episodes in between. Original music by Choice Vaughan. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Patreon at Two Brownish Girls. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. land.